Good morning and welcome to a Tuesday morning episode of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. And we are really grateful that you've uh, joined us today to continue our study of Revelation together. Uh, so welcome to all our friends in the continental United States and all of our listeners overseas. Um, we hope that this continues to be a blessing to you as it is to us. Um, I believe Pastor uh, has plans to uh, get into, uh, we were in the middle of a, the trumpet judgments. Uh, I think we had gotten through the fourth trumpet in chapter 8. And uh, I believe we're going to do 5, 6, and 7 today uh, with a little review of the first four trumpets to begin. Um, if, if that is correct, right, Pastor? Uh, that's close enough. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and if you're lucky, there might be some bonus material in here for you, uh, just yep. for, just for tuning in. And, uh, there usually is, uh, so, and I'm sure we'll share that with you. Um, so without further ado, Pastor, could you, uh, continue, uh, leading us on our tour through the book of Revelation, sir. Okay, well, we've are, I'm, I'm going to give you a quick review on the material that we've already covered. I'm, it's not going to be extensive, but just to kind of bring you um, uh, up, up to date and uh, to where we're going to start today. Uh, in, uh, in Chapter 7, we saw that the 144,000 Jews were sealed and they were the evangelists that went over all the earth, and and uh, there were a lot of uh, Jews and Gentiles saved. Uh, these were those who had not had a, a, a good gospel message before the rapture, but they can be saved after the rapture, um, as uh, chapter 7 tells us. And in chapter 7, verse 14, John said, well, who are these that, uh, that are wearing white robes and so forth? And and he said, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And so these are people who get saved after the rapture of the church. Now, if you had a good, clear uh, opportunity to get saved before the rapture, um, I'm sorry, uh, you will not receive uh, that same opportunity. Then we go to um, uh, chapter 8, and we see the seventh seal which was open, there was silence in heaven about the space of an hour. And this seventh seal introduces the next set of judgments, which we started last week, and it's called the seven trumpets. It's the trumpet judgments. And it starts in uh, chapter 8. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound, and the first angel sounded, and there was hail and fire, and a third part of the trees was burnt up, and all the green grass was burnt. We talked about that, uh, the diminishing the oxygen supply on the earth. Second angel, uh, the part of the sea became blood. Uh, third part of the sea creatures were killed, and a third part of the ships that were in the oceans were destroyed. And the third angel sounded, and the third uh, trumpet, and uh, a great star fell from heaven, and a third part of the rivers and the fountains of, of waters um, were polluted. Uh, the name of that 
star that fell was called Wormwood, and many men died because of uh, the waters were made very bitter. The fourth angel sounded in his trumpet, and the third part of the sun was smitten, the third part of the moon, and so forth, and the stars. And the day was darkened, and uh, you had about only two-thirds of the daylight you once had. And then, and then we come to chapter 8, verse 13, and, and John writes, And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of the heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe. And so uh, we'll talk a little bit about the three woes that he was talking about. And he said, uh, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. And then we saw, and I think we covered this, but uh, and under the, the fifth angel, um, th there came out smoke out of the earth, and there were scorpions that came, uh, and it was commanded that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither either, either green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And this was the fifth. So this was the fifth trumpet, right, Pastor? This is the, this is the fifth trumpet. To be the men with the God's seal in our forehead were not to be killed. Uh, and then we saw in verse 6 uh, an awful thing. It says, uh, that's this word, chapter 9 now, verse 6 In those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire today to die, and death shall flee from them. Now we've talked about a third part of the population. Uh, being killed, but now we're coming to a point under these seven trumpets when men will actually have to stay alive because they can't die. Wow. Then we talked. Then we talked about the shapes of the locusts and and uh, how many people think that these locusts were uh, were just a figurative uh, thing said about uh, the armies of, of of Satan, which came along and 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 they. Uh, they were like the uh, uh, the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle and so forth. They had tails like scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men for five months. And they had a king over them, uh, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in Greek tongue his name uh, Apollyon. And so then... Chapter 8, verse 12 says, One woe was passed, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. And then the sixth angel sounded, and uh, um, they, uh, the, the four angels that were uh, uh, bound in the great river Euphrates were loosed, and, and uh, then there was a great army that came along in uh, chapter 9, verse 16, and the number of the horsemen were 200,000 thousand. And I heard the number of them, he said. And that, if you do the math, that's an army of 200 million. Wow. Now, the earth has not seen an army that great ever, ever, ever of 200 million. They say the, wow. they say the standing army for uh, China's standing army is about half that strong right now. It's at about a hundred and some odd million. But may, maybe, maybe combined with Russia, it might, it might get to that number, right? 
course, Russia and China are even now doing a joint uh, military exercises. Yes, they are. Yeah, they, they are. Okay. And by these was the third part of men killed by, by the fire, by the smoke, by the brimstone, which issued out of their mouth. And then it said they had power in their tails to, to hurt and the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of their works. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Repented not of the works of their hands that they should worship, but that they should worship devils and idols of gold, silver, brass, and stone, and of wood, and which neither can see nor hear nor walk, and neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts, they didn't repent. All of these things happened, are, are, excuse me, are going to happen, and there are going to be people um, that will thumb their nose at these things and refuse to believe God. Wow. In chapter 10, it says, I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head. Wow. Where did we see a rainbow before? Well, around the throne. The throne room of God. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and it, was a, it was a reminder of the covenant that God made with Noah when he put the rainbow in the air, when he you know, created the rainbow, to tell us and to tell especially the Jews that, they would, that the earth would never again be destroyed by a flood of water. Right. Well, if you look at the destruction that occurred, the only waters that were involved were waters that were made too bitter to drink. Mm -hmm. They're not just so the earth is not going to be destroyed again with water. Uh, and it says, uh, then talking about this mighty angel, he had a little a little book open. He set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the earth, and he cried with a loud voice as with as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. Now, what are the seven thunders? I am hmm. sorry. We can't know that. And I can tell you that by the next verse. When the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, says John. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we don't ever see those seven thunders in the book of the Revelation. Right, right. Well, let's continue reading. Uh, chapter 10, verse 5, it says, And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and things that are therein, and the earth and the things that are therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, and there should be time no longer. Let's stop for a minute, Curtis. Okay, I think I know where you're going with this one. We have talked about this. We have. Uh, I, I have scratched my head mm -hmm. and wrung my hands <laughs> over that one phrase for a long time, maybe years. Me too. Yeah, don't write him. Don't write him. And he didn't. Right. He obeyed. He didn't write him down. Well... Why not? Good question. Yeah. Well, let's let's continue. Uh, no, no, no. Let, let's stop. 
there are some things that God doesn't want us to know. Uh, you pointed out to me last evening before we, uh, while we were rehearsing this stuff, that uh, in Job 33:14, I believe the verse was, that it's it's up to God to conceal a matter. Yeah, that, I think that's Proverbs 25:3. Uh, is that verse? So oh, okay. The glory of God. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the okay. but the honor of kings is to search it out. And yeah. Job 33:14, I think, was the re- was a reference to how God sometimes talks to us, uh, and you know, without being metaphysical at all about it. When I say this, it's uh, sometimes it's it's in a he takes us up in the spirit, so to speak, uh, maybe while we're asleep, and there's a reason I think he does that, right, Pastor? I mean, we discussed that, and. And it, yep. it, it, the verse itself says that it's in order to hide pride from man. It, that's right. And 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 first or second, what was it? First Corinthians, second Corinthians, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Uh, Paul was taken up into paradise to the third heaven. Well, that's right. And, and, he said he, yeah. and he said he saw things which, which it's not lawful to utter. Ah. And and he said those things to say this because he wrote these things of, in, that same, uh, in that same chapter that, uh, that he was not to glory. Right. He was not to, he was not to boast. He was not to say, I, I saw something you didn't. That's not what he was all about. It was God said, here's some things that I want you to know, but it's not for you to write it down. And that's what he's saying to John. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. And so, so we just have to understand that there are things which seem like we ought to know, and we're not going to know them until after we see the Lord personally face to face. Yes. Paul said in First Corinthians thirteen, which is uh, so-called the love chapter, he said, "But now we see through a glass darkly." Yeah. That means. We, we don't see everything clearly. We yeah. can't. Yeah. We're, we're, still, we're still in the flesh. And then he says, but then face to face. Mm-hmm. And, and then shall I know, even as also I am known. So I believe that both the Apostle Paul and the Apostle John were being tested yeah. as to that, their obedience. That very well could be, yeah. And that's why... John wrote five books of the New Testament, and the Apostle Paul wrote 13, and that's about better than two-thirds of the New Testament. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. It really is. Okay. Yeah. Um, he said seal, seal, and they seal up the, then he says seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not. Uh, and the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, he lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and so forth, uh, who, who created the things that therein are, the earth, the things in therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. Now, that verse, that verse knocked me out. Time no longer. Does that mean that time is going to cease to exist? Well, that's, that. you know, the, the way it reads... Uh... In King James English, it, it looks like it means that, doesn't it? Yes, but but thank 
God for godly men like Lehman Strauss and John Walford, and I've read what they said this means yeah. in in their commentaries on the Book of the Revelation. And by the way, I have I have uh, ten commentaries on the Book of the Revelation, and they're written all by fundamental men, and they generally agree on just about everything. So I read what Lehman Strauss said about this uh, phrase and what John Walbert said about these phrase, this phrase, and they both say the same thing, that, that in our English parlance uh, today, that means um, we're, we're going to get right on with it. There were, there's not going to be any more delay. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. So keep that in mind. So after the seven seals, things are going to happen. Then he says, in the days, and by the way, the seven seals, seven trumpets are all prophetic things. Yes, yes. The seals haven't happened yet. The trumpets haven't happened yet. Right. The thunders haven't happened yet. Uh-huh. And, and there will come seven vials later on, and that, those things haven't happened yet. These are things that will happen after the rapture and the judgment seat of Christ. And this and it will happen for seven years, and these are the seven weeks talked about by uh, Daniel the prophet. Right. Uh, the 70th week. Okay. And it's to be determined upon the Jews. So almost all of this is about judgment upon Israel uh -huh. so that Israel can be completely clean yeah. and be the, the ruling class in the millennium. And we'll talk about that uh, in, subsequent, uh, in subsequent lessons. So, um, and by the way, they give... They, they, he swear by the the, uh, the hymn that created the heaven, the earth, and everything that's in the earth, everything's in the sea, and the things. And and, and I t take me back to John chapter one. It says, "In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it goes on to say, "All things were made by Him." That's right. And without Him, and in talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, without Him was not anything made that was made. So everything on this earth that was made, we can see, touch, smell, um, uh, taste, everything. It was created by God. Right, and, and this, so here we have a supporting scripture to John 1, 1, one of the foundational creation verses in the Bible. Uh, we, we have in Revelation chapter 10, verse 6, a supporting statement to that effect. And, and yep. if you read and study your Bible closely, you'll find that that is a recurring pattern all throughout the Bible. What you, what you read in Joshua, you'll see uh, 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 verified two or three times sometimes in another book in the New Testament, like Hebrews. Uh, yep. and, and so forth. So this is a great example of that, isn't it? Isn't it, Pastor? Uh, it, it's right. You're right on. That's uh, that's exactly right. So anyway, let me let me go back to uh, ch chapter ten, verse eight, and it says, "The voice I heard from heaven spake unto me again, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and said, Go and take the little book which is open, which is open in the hand of the angel which stands upon the sea upon the earth." And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. Eat this thing and digest it if you can. Yeah. Yeah. He says, take it, eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. He says, this this stuff's going to make you sick, John, honestly. Yeah. He said, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. Mm-hmm. And that's what the word of God is to be upon us. These things that are going to happen are going to be awful, awful, awful. Yeah. And this book of the Revelation is God giving the world, giving the, a warning. Get saved now. Behold, now is the day. Days. Uh, today is the day. Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. But it's also, I think, it's not only is it a warning, but it's also a sweet as honey message. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. It's sweet as honey. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, as soon as I eat it, my belly was bitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, he, and then he said it to me, thou, sh- thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations mm-hmm. and tongues and kings. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is all under the first woe. Yeah. Okay. There's more. Remember, remember the three woes we read about in, <laughs> yeah. in chapter 8? Oh, yeah. There were three woes. Okay. So, and so here's a, an, an interval. This is something really, really pretty nice, and yet it, it, it gets nasty. Yeah. Uh, in chapter 11. Mm-hmm. And, there was give, and there was given me a, a reed like unto a rod, uh, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar, and them that worship therein. Mm-hmm. But the court which is without the temple, leave out, and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this is all about Israel and the temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you read the, the description of the temple in, uh, that Solomon built and, and the one that's to be rebuilt, uh, there was a there was a court of the Gentiles where Gentiles who were proselytes could come and worship, but they were not allowed beyond that to go into the temple. Only the Jews, only the high priests, could go in there. Right. Okay. Yep. So, so leave that out. The court that is outside, leave, leave it out and measure it not, for it's given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they, the Gentiles, tread under their foot. 40 and 2 months, which is three and a half years, 1260 days. Right. Okay. And look at the next verse. And I will give power unto my two witnesses. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. I love the subject matter here. Okay. And they shall prophesy a thousand, two hundred, and three score days yeah, clothed th- in sackcloth. Three, two witnesses. Three score days. They're going to prophesy. Mm-hmm. They're going to preach. And it's going to be 1260 days or, four, uh, or, or, or three and a half years or 42 months. Right. They're all the same thing. Right. It says these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Now, there's a lot to be said about that in the book of Zechariah, and I don't want to go there right now because I want to continue and finish the book of Revelation before I die or the Lord takes me, okay? (laughs) 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 And it says, and he's talking about these two witnesses, and if any man shall hurt them, Mm -hmm. 
fire proceedeth out of their mouth, yeah. and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These mm. have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn in the blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. Now, I, if there's one thing that that I have have uh, noticed that a lot of people who love the Word of God, they're born again, they want to know what's going on, and they have said, "Who are these two witnesses?" Mm-hmm. You said it. Oh yeah. I said it. Yeah, that's a popular question. You've studied it. Yeah. I've studied it. <laughs> yeah. And and because of something that I found in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, Curtis. Okay, yep. It says, and as it is appointed unto men once, once to, die, to die. And after and this, after the this, judgment. Yeah. The judgment. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, these men are men who have never died. And, and in my Bible, and in yours too, historically speaking, there are only two men in history that have never died. They never died a physical death. And who are they? Well, uh, Enoch was, uh, was, I think he was raptured uh, well, that's back, right. back, in, is, back in Genesis. Yeah, God took him before he had to die a physical death. Um, and that's what we've always thought. Okay. Right, now, and, and the other one was? Elijah. That's right. That's right. Who, who when, when he had ordained Elisha, uh-huh. his, his predecessor, I mean, his, the guy who followed him, rather. His successor, uh, yeah. As successor to the, to the, um, uh, the prophetic mantle. Then Eli, he watched, and Elijah was taken up into heaven. Yeah. I mean, I mean Elijah. Elijah was taken up into Elijah, heaven. Elijah, right, right. So he never died. So that makes these two witnesses. So is it Enoch and Elijah, do you think? Or, is, I mean, are there any other possibilities? Yeah. yeah. I think there's a probability of, of that. Now. Yeah, I do, he, too. I think I, I think I know where you're going with this, too. Now, was Enoch a Jew? No, he no. was not. He was not. Now he was a, he was a Semite. Yeah, but he was pre-Abraham. He was before Abraham, and there were no Hebrews before Abraham. That's correct. So Enoch was not a Jew, right? And so, why would a, a non-Jew be one of these two witnesses? Right. The witness during a period of time which is determined upon the Jews. Yeah. Right. He wouldn't. So, so, but Elijah fits uh, fits the uh, the description here. Yeah, he had yeah. not died, and he was a Jew. That's right. Now, if I had the time, I could go through the Bible and talk to you about Moses and the prophets. How many times that occurs in the Old Testament? Moses and the prophets. Oh. Moses and the prophets. Oh yeah, yeah. Numerous so times. Who's, so who's the chief prophet? Elijah. Yep. And who was 
the lawgiver to the Jews? Mm-hmm. Moses. Well, Moses died. Well, if you'll read the last chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, Moses himself <laughs> prophesied his own death. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Where he was to be buried. Yep. How he was to be buried. Uh-huh. And he also prophes- prophesied that no one knows about this grave unto this very day. Right. Why? Well, in the <laughs> book of Jude, we see that that uh, the uh, that Satan had uh, had argued with the arch- archangel over the body of Moses. Yeah. They and Michael f- said, the, the Lord rebuked thee. You can't have him. Yeah. They you f- can't have him. So they fought over the dead body of, of Moses. Moses. Why? And, and Satan didn't even know where it was. He just wanted it and couldn't have it. Yeah. <laughs> because, Curtis, there are two things in the Bible <laughs> which which might puzzle some people, but not me anymore because I've read over and over again. Mm-hmm. There is something called a resurrection where a person who died yeah. is resurrected in another body, okay. in a new body. Yeah. That's resurrection. Yep. But if you die and come back to life in the same body, that's resuscitation. Okay, that's that makes sense. Now remember Lazarus, friend of Jesus. Sure do. In the in the Gospel of Luke. Yep. He was sick. Jesus was sent a message. Your buddy Lazarus is dying. And the disciple says, Oh, let's go. Let's go see him. Let's go. And he said, Not yet. And then he got a message, Lazarus. And he raised Lazarus from the dead. Proof of the death was now he his body had, had begun to stink. Yeah. In other words, it had begun to discompose. Yeah. But he came out of there in the same body and was recognized by his sisters and so forth. Right. Okay? That's resuscitation. There was a widow once that had a son, and Elijah, and then that son died, and Elijah laid over the body of that son, and that son came back to life. That's resuscitation. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Apostle Paul was left for dead at one point. He came back to life in the same body. That's resuscitation. Moses is going to come back to life. That's resuscitation because he's going to die in the next part of this chapter, and you'll see it, and you'll see it for yourself. Now, why do I think it's Moses and Elijah? First of all, because the tribulation period is all about judgment on the Jews who for, who for centuries had rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, God's precious son. Right. By whom he made the worlds. That's right. Okay? All right. Yeah. And so that's why these judgments are on Israel. Mm-hmm. And so Enoch had nothing to do with Israel, but Moses did. But now listen to, let's read further, shall we? And stay with me. And you you keep me apprised of the time, will you? Um, yeah, because, we've got uh, 29 minutes, Pastor. Oh, boy, I can go forever. Yeah, no, I can. yeah. I, I'll t- 
Okay, I'll take the 20. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the 29 minutes. Okay, so here he says, he's these two witnesses. And let's begin the, uh, let's continue reading at chapter 11, verse 3 of the Revelation. And I will give power unto my two witnesses. They shall prophesy a thousand, two hundred, and threescore days, clothed in sackcloth. Nobody's going to mess with these guys for three and a half months. Right. And, and in verse 5 says, if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devours them. Wow. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this same manner be killed. <laughs> you kill them, uh, you, you'll, you'll be killed by this fire. Then he says, in verse 6, these have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. Mm-hmm. In James chapter 5, verses 16 and 17, it talks about Elijah having shut the heavens up for three and a half years. Right, right. Okay. Let, let, uh, uh, let, me, let me turn there and read from it because uh, when I saw this, I, I, I thought, well, this what does this mean? doesn't mean much anything. And it says... Um, it says in James chapter 5, verse 17, Elias, or Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are. Right. It's just like you and, just like you and me. Mm-hmm. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of <gasps> three, three years and six months, three yeah. and a half years, 1260 days. Wow. And then in verse 18, it says he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth their fruit. Now listen. Yeah. This is a description, and it's uh, and it's unmistakable of Elijah. Yep. Yep. Let's continue, verse six. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Uh huh. Yeah. In Exodus chapter seven, the ten plagues <laughs> that God put upon the Egyptians and the Pharaoh. That's right. One of them was that Moses and Aaron both, all they had to do was speak. Yep. And they turned the waters to blood. Mm-hmm. That's in Exodus chapter 7, I think verse 19. And so this is a good description of Moses. Yeah. You see, Enoch never turned the waters to blood. No. Nope. But Moses did. So it's Moses and Elijah. Uh, and I'm and I'm saying this out loud, and God hears me saying it, and I think he's saying amen too, because I really believe that this is really uh, what, uh, who these men were. Moses and Elijah, and for the very reasons we talked about. Now, and when, by the way, these, these chronological words, like then, and when, and after this, are very, very important in the study of the Word of God. It gives you an order yeah. of events. Yeah, it does. Yep. Yeah, even the prophetic events. Yep. And it says, and when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast 
that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Now, who's, who's in the bottomless pit? Satan. That's right. He will later be called the serpent, and we shall see that. And the beast shall kill them, and their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. Ooh. Yeah. What was wrong with Sodom? Well, Sodom was... It was filled... Yeah. Oh, it was filled with sexual deprivation, the likes of which has not been seen until these last days in America, for crying out loud. Yeah. And, and Egypt, well, what did Egypt do? Well, Egypt kept the Jews in captivity yeah. for 70 years. Okay, it says, uh, Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Mm -hmm. That great city that they're talking about, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, is Jerusalem, where also our Lord was crucified. And so these they, they died after three and a half years. And they were laid in state there. And it says in, in uh, chapter 11, verse 9, And they of the people and kindred and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies for three days and a half. Let's see. How long was Jesus in the grave? Well, let's see. If you'll do the math. Oh, yeah. Okay. After three days, he <laughs> was raised. That's right. And shall not. And, and it says, and shall not, these people will, will not suffer or will not allow their bodies to be put in graves. Mm -hmm. And they that dwell upon the earth shall celebrate their own Christmas. Well, no, not necessarily, but listen to it. Yeah. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them mm. and make merry mm. and shall send gifts one to another. So they're making a holiday out of the death of the two witnesses, basically. Easter for them, isn't it? Yeah. Because these two prophets, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. Yeah. So there they are, Moses and Elijah, dead bodies. It's appointed unto men once to die. You see, the resuscitation didn't count as a death because a man was brought back to life in the same body right. that he that he lived in when he died. But after three days and a half, the spirit of, God, uh, of life from God entered in them. They stood on their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. Yeah, I <laughs> guess. Yeah. Yeah, that scared the prunes out of anybody. Would me. And they <laughs> but you're easy, okay? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. Well, isn't that what God said to John? Sure is. In the beginning of this whole shebang? Exactly the same hither, thing. Yep. And, I, and I'm going to show you things which shall be here after. Mm -hmm. By the way, don't you think that's what Jesus said in that great shout at the rapture? Come up hither. That's right. And the, and the dead in Christ and we which are alive will be caught up. Yeah. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. Yeah. And they ascended up to heaven in cloud, and their enemies beheld them. They saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like God saying, Now, I've showed you this before. 
Mm-hmm. When it happened to my son, and you Jews didn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now here you go. Look here. Chance number two, or 200, really. Yeah. And it says, and their enemies beheld them. And the same hour was there a great earthquake, and a tenth part of the city fell, and the earthquake, and in the earthquake were slain of men 7,000, and the remnant were frighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. Some people got it. Yeah. Amazing. Now, this is the first of the three woes that we talked about in the last part of Revelation chapter 8. And so, the verse 14 of chapter 11 says, uh, this is the second woe, by the way. It says, the second woe is past, and the third woe cometh quickly. It's going to happen real quick. It's like there's no delay. Remember, there shall be time no more, yep. or no more time. Yeah, it means there's no, just these things are going to go quickly, 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 quickly. Yeah. Fast as you can snap your finger. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. Yeah. That's why I think these seven trumpets, or the seventh trumpet is is the end of the, towards the end of the tribulation. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Mm-hmm. And the, 20, and the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell down on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. Yeah. Amen. Well, you see, the story's only about half over, Curtis. Yeah. Yeah, there's more. I'm not talking about time-wise or chronology-wise. I'm talking about uh, event-wise. I'm talking that's, about right. uh, destruction-wise. I'm talking about um, uh, some of the terrible things that are going to happen. Okay. Yeah, yeah as, if, as if these things haven't been terrible enough, there's going to be more. Yep, yep. Good heavens, how in the world can that be? Well, uh, this is... The earth is probably about 7,000 years old about this time mm -hmm. of this tribulation. Some people think that the earth is millions of years old. Good grief. No. God is smart. Huh? <laughs> yeah. He created the world with, he created the world, uh, with, with the uh, um, presence of age. Right. The appearance of age. Yeah. Like it's been there forever. Uh -huh. Well, he, he that reigns forever, he that is forever, can create an earth that looks like it's been here forever, isn't it? Yeah. So, anyway, I, 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 let's just say a word about evolution, can I, Kurt? Yeah, absolutely. If, if man came from monkeys, <coughs> why in the world are there still monkeys? We ought to be seeing those evolve, uh in the men right before our very eyes if evolution's true right yeah and i've never seen a gorilla no nobody's ever seen a gorilla give birth to a man i mean 
I mean, no, if yeah. you'd suppose somebody would have seen it because gorillas, some of them live in captivity. Well, sure. But no, but no. Okay. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to take these little sidetracks. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun. And they're, infor- and they're informative. And because we're talking about an eternal God who created the whole shebang. Right. Now, I know that's a very good, not a very good theological word, but you understand it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so all this stuff happened, and these people saw it, and then it says in le- chapter 11, verse 18, and the nations were angry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And thy wrath has come. John is saying, the angel has come, or the angel is saying, Thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, and to the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldst destroy them which destroy the earth. Yeah, yeah. So everybody out there who's listening, and you're not saved, these things are going to happen to you. But to those who have turned to the Lord God in faith by his grace, they get rewards. Amen. That's right. That's what this Bible says. And then it says in, in chapter 11, verse 19, it says the temple of God was opened in in heaven. In heaven. Oh, there's more <laughs> about that to come, but keep that in your mind. And there was seen in his temple the Ark of the Testament. Now, what was the Ark of the Testament? It was the Ark of the Covenant. That's right. It's called in the Old Testament of a promise that God made to Israel that they would be an eternal nation. That's right. And that's what that Ark of the Covenant was all about. Yes, indeed. And it was, and it was in the tabernacle, uh, which was a tinted uh, um, version of a pre, pre-version of the temple. Located in the and, Holy of Holies. In the Holy of Holies. And only the high priest was allowed to go to the Ark of the to the go to the uh, to the uh, Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. That's right. Okay. By the way, who is our high priest? Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness. Isn't that wonderful? It is. Then it says, And the temple of God was opened in heaven. There was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. And there were lightnings and voices, thunderings and earthquake and great hail. Oh, boy. Mm. More mm-hmm. hail? Yeah. More hail? Uh, yeah, the omnipresent hail. Again. Boy. Yeah. Uh, later on, we'll see what the, the size of this hail, won't we? Won't we? Uh, we will. You'll be amazed. Yeah. You'll be amazed. Stone would completely obliterate a Volkswagen. Or a house. Or a house. <laughs> Think about it. I was being nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And this is chapter twelve. This is chapter twelve. All right. And who is this woman? It's Israel. It is Israel. How do we know that? How do we know that? Because there are, she had on her head a crown of 12 stars. How many tribes are there in Israel, uh, Curtis? There are, let's see. 
At last count, 12. Smart Alec, okay. Um, okay. All right. You okay. you got it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Son of my loins. All right. Mm-hmm. And she, and she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. This is harking back to Jesus Christ being born in Bethlehem to a, Jew, to a Jewish virgin. Yep. And there appeared, and see, all this stuff is about Israel. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, verse 3 of chapter 12. Behold, a great red dragon. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Having seven heads and seven horns and seven crowns upon his heads. Seven heads and ten horns, right? Ten horns? Seven, uh, having seven heads, ten horns, and, and seven crowns. Okay. Uh, ten Ten horns, I think, uh, is. Uh, uh, well, we'll get to that later. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And 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 his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven, mm-hmm. and did cast them to the earth. So and the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered to devour her child as soon as they were born. So this was Satan trying uh, to destroy the Messiah. Yeah, trying to trying to keep that birth from happening. Uh huh. And and I'll bet you. I'll bet you if, if Satan was anything like us, only he's worse. Thank God. Yeah. He would have banged his forehead and said, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How could I let this happen? Mm-hmm. And she brought forth a man-child Is... who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Mm-hmm. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Jesus Boy, Christ. Does it? It says it says about his birth, yep. about his life. He's going to rule all nations, and, and and he's caught up the guy. His resurrection. Yep. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she had the place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And so this, so the Jews uh, uh, are partially going to be um, hidden from a lot of this tribulation because they were. And if you read Matthew 24 and 25 carefully, that's about the tribulation period. Yep. And they're talking about a place that was prepared for Israel to go and hide from the serpent, from the Satan, from the dragon. Right. You know where that place was? Yeah, it's called Edom. Um, All right. Now, which, which is part of... Um, Jordan, isn't it? It's part of Jordan today. Yeah. And it's a straight, great stone city. Yep. It's called Petra. That's right. Now, the Bible doesn't say that it's Petra. No. But but I've got so many commentaries where men say that seems to be the only place where they would be safe. It, well, geographically, militarily speaking, um, you know, it, it, it offers some protections. Uh that, that other places just on earth just don't offer. Yeah. You see, the, the entranceway to Petra is rather a lengthy uh, valley. It is, yeah. And, the, and, and it was so narrow that, that, uh, that only three men can walk side by so, shoulder to shoulder yeah. at, at any given point right. in that road. That's right. Okay. Okay. So how's that army 
that flood of waters, which we'll talk about, mm-hmm. um, going to get in there without being picked off by the Jews. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, they back to verse six of chapter twelve. How are we doing on time, by the way, Kurt? Uh, we've got eight minutes left, Pastor. Okay, let's finish. Uh, uh, we'll finish most of that chapter twelve then. Okay. And the woman fled in the wilderness, where she hath the place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred three score days. That's three and a half years. There was years. war in heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's yeah, that's a three and a half years again. Mm-hmm. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels. Well, wait a minute. I thought Michael was. I thought the uh, Satan was banned from heaven. He hasn't been banned yet. Not yet. Do you know that Satan still has access? He can't live in heaven. No. But he still has access. And what does he do with that access? He accuses the brethren. Before God. Before God. That's exactly right. He said there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Now listen to this. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. Mm-hmm. And from at this point in prophecy, yeah. Satan can't go to the throne room ever again. That in, that's and what the, that intimates, yeah. No more access. And then, and then in verse 9 it says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent. Called the hey, devil. Where, did we see this? where was the first time we saw the serpent in the Bible? Garden of Eden. Genesis. Garden of Eden. And who was he? Satan. Yep. And so here we see in verse 9, that great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, Mm -hmm. which deceiveth the whole world. Mm -hmm. And he was cast out into the earth. Mm -hmm. See, now he's the prince of the powers of the air, according to Ephesians chapter 2. That's correct. Yep. But now he's cast down to the earth and his angels were cast out with him and we don't know how many they were yeah and i heard a loud voice saying in heaven now now is salvation now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our god and the power of his christ for the accuser of our brethren you see there yep that's what he was doing that's what he's been doing all these years for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. All right. Five minutes, Pastor. Okay, we're going to close with the next couple of verses. And it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Yeah. Yeah. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And how were the robes made white? Here in Revelation, by the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ, the precious, holy, sinless manifestation of God. Gave himself for us that we might be made the righteousness of God Mm. in him. Amen.
And if you're listening here, folks, and you're not acquainted as much with the Bible as we are, maybe, and maybe you are, but if you're not saved, that means you're lost. There's only two conditions here on earth, the saved and the lost. And you can only overcome Satan and his influence by trusting Jesus Christ, trusting that he shed his pure and holy blood on the cross at Calvary. Yes. You don't have to do anything. You cannot do anything. In matter of fact, before you're saved, none of your works are righteous. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 and 12. Mm-hmm. There's none righteous, no, not one. That's right. But Abraham believed God, and it was counted him to righteousness. Mm-hmm. And the only way, dear friends, that you can be righteous is by believing that the Lamb of God came, lived a perfect life, shed his, uh, he, he shed his blood on Calvary and died there, and then rose again. First Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4 say that very plainly. Mm-hmm. And if you believe that, God, know, God will know if you're sincere, and he'll save you. Amen. And you can overcome the world by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, there will be persecution. Oh, there will be pain. I'm 80 years old as we speak, and I, I have pain in my hip and my back and and uh, sometimes in my mind, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm saved. Amen. This is only going to be for a short time. That's right. That's right. And you need to understand that the average life of, of the male human being was to be 70 years. It's a little bit older than that in America because we have these artificial terms our uh, artificial th- uh, ways of which we can uh, prolong <coughs> life a little bit. My, mm-hmm. my mother lived to 102, but she died, and she's with heaven. That's right. With, with God in heaven. So, listen, and, and, and you can have that confidence if you'll just trust Jesus Christ today. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thanks for Jesus Christ, our Savior. We thank you for your precious and holy word, for the book of the Revelation, that you're warning us about things that would happen. We pray that we take it seriously now and get out. And if we're saved, go out and win people to Jesus Christ. Preach the word. Go to every nation. Uh, by radio, uh, by television, any way you can. Personally, get there. Go to your next door neighbor. And if you haven't been saved, trust Jesus Christ today. Be saved by grace through faith, not by works. Believe and be saved. We thank, we, we thank the Lord for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great session, Pastor. And we thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we've only got a couple more seconds here, but we want to remind you to please tune in again with us this coming Saturday as we continue our studies in Revelation and, uh, uh, and continue to glean uh, some, some wonderful, wonderful knowledge uh, and, and hopefully some saving knowledge to those of you who who are not believers in Christ. Uh, Be with us. Tune in uh, this Saturday as we continue in Revelation. Thank you, Pastor, and uh, we will see you all Saturday. Thank you, and we're signing off for now. Bye-bye.